Welcome to another episode of Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Let's get to the show. It's been a couple weeks since we've done a podcast. I know it doesn't seem that way in podcast land, um, but yeah, we after we recorded the first two episodes, we had a few logistic things we had to work out, figuring out how to get everything up and running smoothly, um, setting up our timeline, that kind of stuff. But now the goal is to have something out to you guys every single week. So here we are again, back in the studio with Nasty Nate. <laughs> What's up, Josh? Not much, man. Um, just want to say, for me, it's been a, a really, really good few weeks. And um, God has been awesome. I've been going to this Tuesday night group uh, yeah. Bible study. And, you know, God's just really been moving, man. And, um, we did first Wednesday last night, um, March 1st and it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was a night of just worship that we let God set the agenda and that Mm -hmm. was really, really cool. Um, you know, most services you're like, we're going to play our three songs Then we're going to do the lesson. Then we're going to, you know, whatever. But the spirit was moving so much that the pastors even came up and said, we're going off script. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's just what we got to do in life. You know, sometimes we have a plan for what we're going to do and how we're going to do things. But then you just got to go off script. And, um, yeah, man. So I want to dote on you a little bit because... For the 18 to 20 years, whatever we're at now, these days that I've known you, you went from being someone that was relatively social mm-hmm. to being a stay-at-home dad that became a little bit of a recluse. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a recluse. But over the last few weeks, man, I've really seen you trying to step out of your comfort zone again. And I'm curious as what that's like from your eyes. Oh, man. Well, it's not great being stagnant. It's not great going to things like church, family functions, hang out with friends, knowing that the odds of hearing the question, so what's new in your life, is going to come up. And that question for somebody who does absolutely nothing in their life but binges shows and maybe plays a couple of video games here or there, but is definitely not doing what they're called to do in life or even trying to figure out what they're called to do in life. It's it's a bit like just sort of sort of uh sitting in quicksand and, and just waiting for somebody to come and, and help you out of it. And and there's a branch right next to you that you can grab onto and pull yourself out, but you're oddly comfortable where you're at. You know, you, you don't you don't really feel like you're it kind of reminds me of that scene, what was it, from the never ending story, mm-hmm. I think, where the horse is stuck in the quicksand and the boy is trying to save him. And the horse is just not moving, just not even trying to save itself anymore. He gives up and releases himself to the quicksand. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. 
Yeah, it's it's a bit like it's a bit hard to it's a bit hard to explain, and it's a bit um, anxiety driven. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just you know that when you stay home, you've got the comforts that you've grown accustomed to, and most of the time, it's going to stay the same way, and nothing unexpected really going to come up. It's like a safety net. It's a complete safety net. You know, um, what's, what's the fear in the unexpected? Cause me personally, I'm having to face the unexpected is the fear in the unexpected. Like you, when you wake up all day to do absolutely nothing and have no responsibilities, even though you, I mean, I did have responsibilities, you know, I'm, I'm a father and a husband and, and, uh, those roles I was, I was just kind of, uh, Casting a blind eye to, I guess, like, well, I'm not out there. I'm out there getting drunk. I'm not out there sleeping around. I'm being a good husband. I'm staying home. My kids are being watched over. But it's not really enough to just watch over your household. You've got to actually take action and stand firm. And I mean, you've got eyes on you. They're they're looking for guidance. They're they're watching you to see how, how should I act? How, how should. So what do you mean by how should I, like you're, you're getting in your head a little bit, which is where you used to go all the time. And what I was started this conversation about was doting on you because these last few weeks you've been making new friends. You've been going out of the house yeah, intentionally. Right. And so when you do that, when you spend a day that you intentionally get out of the house, do you notice a difference in the way you're feeling that day? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just like my mind doesn't really have a chance to really rest because it's always thinking about the next thing. Like what's, what's going to happen next? What do I, where do I need to be at? What am I supposed to do? Let me look at my calendar. Am I overlooking something? So you have a problem living in the now. It's it's all about what's coming next. I don't have a problem with living in the now. I just, I don't feel like I'm, I feel like I've got imposter syndrome. Like, like I, I'm the guy that goes to church now and I am going to Tuesday night. I went to a Tuesday night Bible study and I think I'm going to continue to do that. I've, I went to first Wednesday service and worshiped and I didn't really want to go to that entirely, but I knew that it was the best call. And so I went and did that. And it's just like just keeping myself in motion. So I don't have a chance to just sort of stop and and be like, Oh, I've got free time now. Let me sit down and see what I can waste my time watching on TV. So do you, do you, are you seeing that like, having things to do makes it easier to say, Oh, I can't do that now. I've got to, you know, I've got to go do this. I've got to be here. I've got to do that. Yeah. absolutely. Um, but it feels like you're just role playing. Yeah. Why do yeah. you think it feels that way? I haven't figured that one out yet. Still okay. working through that. <clears throat> Cause the Nathan that I grew up with, um, was hanging out with the guys all the time was 
going to the pool hall, um, you know, shooting some billiards, going back, playing Xbox, you know, hanging out, doing all the fun things. And then it was like becoming a stay at home dad almost flipped that switch. Mm-hmm. And almost to the point where you stopped, in my opinion, uh, having accomplishments and being even verbally uh, told you're doing a good job to okay. the point that y- it made it harder for you to go do that because you always feel like you were going to let people down. Does that seem... I know you've said it to me before, like you you don't want to let me down, or you don't mm-hmm. you don't want to let this person down. For example, you went and had uh, lunch with a buddy of ours recently. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning of this, let me step out of my own shell again. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things you said to me was, "Well, what do I have to talk about? You know, what do we have in common? We haven't talked in years." And I'm like, "Dude, talk about your life." You think your life is just you sitting on the couch, but you have kids. You have a wife. You have a life outside of that. You eat you eat crawfish more than me, and I don't know that you love it more than me. I'm pretty sure you do, but I don't know. <laughs> but I'm saying you like you do these things, you know, we go on vacations every year. We do all these things that are are able to be talked about, but you feel unworthy to talk about them. And one of the reasons I said like you feel uh you don't get that verbal affirmation. It it ties back into scripture. And there's a scripture I looked up that I want to read real quick. It's uh, Proverbs 12, 25. It says, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. So and I see that in you. Like when someone talks good on you, you get lifted. You know, I, I think we all do. Mm-hmm. You know, especially as men. men. Men like that words of affirmation. We like that good job. You know, that pat on the back. Um, so much so that we try to do it to ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, I just want to see the Nathan again that feels comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, I kind of want to rediscover him myself. Just uh, having a hard time getting out of the stagnant area that I'm in, you know, and, and this last week and a half or whatever has been hopefully not a social experiment, but, but hopefully it's something that sticks, but it's one of those things where it just feels like, um, like how long until it dries up, you know, like I'm out there meeting people, uh, for the first time. But what about when the newness wears off? Like, am I still going to be as interested or am I going to be looking for the next thing to keep me? Well, I, my personal opinion on that is I think it's very important to keep, we're going to have friends, we're going to have acquaintances in our lives, and it's very important to keep those, to understand those circles, right? So that we don't allow ourselves to be let down in certain moments. I've got a core group of friends that I just keep tight, right? Like they, I can talk to about everything. I can talk to about anything. You're in that group. My buddy Ryan's in that group. Kevin's in that group. And, you know, my buddy in Florida is in that group. Not as much because he's in Florida now, Mm -hmm. but I still talk to him more than I talk to a lot of people that live here. Mm -hmm. And understanding the differences between a friend and 
a friendly acquaintance. Let's say it that way, because we like to consider ourselves friends. And um, I think it's a big deal to make that differentiation because we don't allow ourselves to be let down in moments that things don't run out. But at the same time, we still have the opportunities to grow those friendships. Uh, you know, and, and I know one of the guys that you've been getting into lately, having a lot of hangout time with or wanting to have a lot of hangout time with his Lance. You've been making a connection there and it seems super genuine and, and it's based. I mean, we met the guy at church. You can't have a better foundation than that. Yeah. And he's going through, it seems like similar struggles to what, to what I'm going through and, and he's got similar challenges. So it was really great sitting down with him and, and just chatting and finding out about each other's lives and stuff. And, you know, uh, it felt good to make a real connection and to have a real conversation and not just listen to scripted conversations, you know? Um, it, it's diff- different endorphins start kicking in inside of your body and you start to get these different feelings and you just, it's almost like a drug. You just want more of it. You know, I, I think it's awesome, you know, to still be able to seek and develop those relationships and connections. And honestly, at this point in our life, we should be able to form deeper connections than we ever did growing up mm-hmm. because we have learned a lot through our time in life that we have similar connections to people, right? Because nobody goes through life alone. Nobody, or sorry, that was a mistake. (laughs) There are people that go through life alone, Yeah, but nobody, people deal with similar things. I'm so worried about what people, I am, I'm worried about what people think of me. And let me ask why. Because of how uh, how I was growing up, I mean, I was not a very genuine, good-hearted person. A lot of times, I I was very, I guess, even without fully realizing it, I was very selfish and and me me me. And my family and friends picked up on that, and it was that was just that was me for most of my um, growing up to the point to where it's like now I'm in my forties, but as I was, it feels like I started to even out and started to try to not make things so much about myself in my thirties. And there was one roadblock I still to this day haven't been able to get past. And that's how my sister or my brothers or my mom looks at me and, and what they, what goes through their head when they look at me, it still feels like there's judgment. And I'm not saying it feels that way because, because they're definitely doing that, but it's what I would expect. Like, like if I was them and I had treated myself the way that I treated them, it feels like I would still have some hurt resentment inside of me that I would, still hold on to the idea or the, the memory of who I once was and think that there's no way that I can truly have changed that much and be this different of a person. And so I 
feel ashamed a lot of times when I'm around them. And I feel like if I, I got to be super careful with what I say, because if I say the wrong thing, they're going to take it the way that they would have taken it when I was 15 years old, you know, but now it's got, now, now I'll have a completely different meaning or, or context. The thing we got to remember is that you can't worry so much about, and I know they're your family, you know, I know you can't worry so much about what people are thinking of you. And, and that's hard to do when it's especially family that's that close mm. because ultimately, Nathan, you, you have made changes. You know, you, you've made, and especially in the last few weeks, you've made some drastic changes and you're trying to better yourself as a, as a husband and a father and stuff like that. And the only one that you should be looking to for approval on that is Jesus. And see, that's where the shift is still having roadblocks is that we go about our lives in a certain way for so long that without realizing we're doing it, that's just kind of how we not even communicating that very well. But if you spend all day watching TV, then you can expect the next day you're going to do just as well spending all day watching TV. But if you all of a sudden try to switch the format, you all of a sudden try to get out and do something that you're not used to doing that you may fail at. Take that back. Do what now? Get out of something that you're not used to doing. Uh, have the feeling that I may walk out of this house today and fail at something. And it kind of scares you. And it kind of says, turn around, don't drown. You know, when when we, we talked some last episode about doubt, and it sounds like you still deal with a lot of that. You're doubting yourself. You're doubting how you come across to um, other people. You're, you're I'm still not incredibly strong with reading scripture on my own. Okay. I'm still struggling with that. Um, I'm trying to. And uh, it's been hit or miss the last week. Um. I'm still trying to read the word of God in order to hear the word of God. And I'm trying to pray to God in a way that doesn't feel formulaic or systematic. It it feels like a, like you and I talking. Yeah. And I haven't, I don't feel like I've quite achieved that. And it's, you know, I got, I got really good at, who, who's not good at this, but I got really good at sitting down watching shows. Like I knew I could sit down, zone out and watch a show. And before I knew it, the day would be over and I go to bed, wake up and rinse, wash and repeat, you know? Um, but did that add value or did it add damage to your life in the it, long run? It added more damage than anything. There's, there's absolutely no value added. I can't even remember half the stuff that I watched. Then look at it this way. Instead of having goals of feelings or, or, things like that, maybe set goals of let me, I'm going to do some things today that are going to add value to my life, value to my family, value to my walk with God, starting with reading the Bible, which I know you've been doing a great job of these last week since you had a meeting with Sterling and he challenged you with 
yeah, I just, I'm afraid, <laughs> I guess the irony is I'm afraid to fail, right? So I feel like the moment that I walk out that door and head in whatever direction I'm ahead in, there's always a chance that something could go terribly wrong and that life for myself and my family could be far worse than it would be if I just stayed home and didn't move. You know, I got so comfortable with not moving because if you don't move, you can't get hurt. You can hurt those around you without realizing that you're doing that, but you yourself feel like you can't get hurt because you're on the couch watching TV. There's no chance of a car accident while you're driving. There's no chance of getting pissed off with a complete stranger or them taking you the wrong way. There's no chance of going out and searching for a job and getting told no. There's no chance of rejection for that matter. There's no chance of making the wrong decision of what to do while you're out. There's no chance of making a purchase you shouldn't make or a bad purchase, you know, because you're, you're in the comfort of your home. You're, you're doing something that may not be bringing value to your family or to yourself, but you're, you're safe. At least you feel safe, you know, and, and it's, it's really a hard thing to work through in my head and, and, and talk about because I'm still figuring it out myself. You know, I'm, at the age I'm at, I should, I feel like, I feel like a failure. I feel like I should have this all figured out already. I feel like I should be that strong, supportive husband and, and that the the arguments and the conversations that, that Jen and I have at times shouldn't be taking place because I should be stronger in my faith and more grounded in the word and, and able to man up, able to give wisdom and I'm just I don't feel like I am and and a lot of why I'm not is because I'm spending my time not in the word but I'm spending my time I'm, I'm not I'm not teaching myself it's not just about being the word I mean I just reading a self-help book or or just a book in general would probably do me far better favors than figuring out how breaking bad's going to end, you know? Um, Spoiler alert. (laughs) I don't know. I, I feel like I've got nothing to offer right now because I've got, I keep, I keep having these thoughts in my head and it's like, I keep coming up to this brick wall. And I don't quite see a way around the wall or how to navigate it. And so it's like I hit this brick wall and I just all of a sudden stop mid-thought process. I'm sure that's showing up right now as I'm talking on the microphone that that this guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. And it's true. I don't I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to figure out what I'm talking about. I'm trying to figure out what's what's truly important in life. I, what's, I, we talked in church and and even in growth track a lot about legacy like what's the legacy that you're going to leave behind and for a while there i've been so caught up on the fact that you know we all die and when we die it doesn't really matter what we did throughout our life like we're not gonna be here to see it play out we can trust or hope that it benefits somebody else 
in their life as they still continue to live and that maybe it plays out for generations. But how many of us are going to be inventive enough like Elon Musk or uh, inspiring enough like Oprah Winfrey or... All right, but but that's talking about the the cultural view of legacy, right? Where legacy talks about power and money and and what have you done for the world when really the legacy that we want to focus on and the legacy that we want to leave behind is a legacy of Christ. You know, a legacy of of we live for Christ. You know, the, the, think about the uh, lady in the Bible who was dirt poor, but saw Jesus and gave her last two pennies to the church. You know, that's a legacy. She's, she's known throughout the world in this Bible, and she didn't have power. She didn't have... Uh, success. You know, she wasn't this name that's written in the history books. Actually, she was. Mm. She's written in the history book that's the bestseller of all time every single year. Legacy is about, from a Christian point of view, is about, did I do what Christ asked me to do? Did I raise kids that God wanted me to raise? Did I teach them about Christ? And do I know when I lie here on my deathbed that my kids are teaching their kids about Christ and their kids about Christ? This is like what we talked about Tuesday when it came to um, generational legacy. You know, God says, I'll, I'll curse one, two, three, four generations mm-hmm. if you don't follow me. But I'll bless thousands of generations if you do. And I'm going to turn to Ezekiel real quick. Actually, I'll pull it up here. Ezekiel 18.20 um, was something I texted a buddy this week that basically talks about being able to break that legacy. Now, I used it in the sense of talking about differences between uh, the viewpoint in Catholicism versus Protestant sects which ultimately doesn't really matter because we all believe in the same Christ. Um, But let me just read this real quick. Ezekiel 18.20, The one who sins is the one who will die. The children will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteous of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. Now, basically, you know, we all, we know that all sin, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So therefore, we're all wicked in that sense. However, we can change that generational curse by accepting God, by saying, I don't want to live that way anymore. And that doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. That doesn't mean we're not going to fail. But what that does mean is that when I do fail, I'm going to say, Daddy, I'm sorry. You know, just like what you want your kids to say to you when they fail you, dad, I'm sorry. You know, do we say, dad, I'm sorry enough. Forgive me. And the great thing about it is our dad always forgives. He sent Christ on the cross to forgive us for anything we've ever done. So we can walk out of that house every day, not worried about the failure that we're going to make. Because as long as we recognize it, we repent of it. And we, and we will, because the Spirit's in us, 
then dad's going to forgive us. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to live that same way in our houses. You know, forgive, show mercy, show grace, show love. And we're going to fail at that too because we're imperfect. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to expect forgiveness. It can be hard to ask for forgiveness. Like, I expect Caitlin and Hannah to come up to me and say, Daddy, I'm sorry I didn't do the dishes like you asked me to. Or, Daddy, I'm sorry that I... You know, just didn't listen and and got distracted. But because I'm not centering myself with Christ, I am being inconvenienced. I'm looking at them not listening as an inconvenience and not a teachable moment. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a teachable moment for them. It could be a teachable moment for me. You know, like... Today, I tried to have some free time where I was watching a TV show and it felt like, it felt like, yeah, there are better things I could be doing, but I've been doing really well up, up this, this week. I've been doing really well. And so let me just sit down and watch an episode or two of the show. And then, and then I'm going to pop on over here and podcast. Well, I'm in the meantime, I'm asking my daughter who just got home from school spent her whole day sitting in class, listening to teachers. And I'm asking her, go into this disaster of a kitchen and do the dishes. And to me, it's a no brainer. Like she knows how to do the dishes. She, she, at times when she puts her best foot forward, does a pretty good job doing the dishes. And so, and she's old enough to know that when she's told to do it, she needs to just go do it. And so she goes into the kitchen to start doing the dishes And I just, every time I look up from my seat watching my show, I either catch her eyes on the show and she's not doing anything or I catch her staring off into space or, you know, basically just not doing her job. And, you know, three hours later, she's still in the kitchen. The dishes are not done. Not three hours, probably two hours. The dishes are not done. And she, uh, I just, I just look at her and I say, what, what, what is wrong with you? Like, why can't you just do these dishes? I've, I've asked you over and over and over again to do these dishes, to stop getting distracted and to just focus on what you've been asked to do. You need to get this done. Your mom does not need to come home to this messy of a kitchen. You need to get this done. And it's unacceptable that you haven't done this. And I think at the time, yeah, I'm being correct. Like it, it truly is not okay that my child's not listening to me. What I was failing to realize is that I was getting frustrated, not just because she wasn't listening to me, but because I was wanting to just veg out and watch a show and not be distracted. I wanted my kid to be productive and I wanted to just take the edge off, just sort of, you know, get lost in, in being, being a father in the moment was inconvenient. Being a father in the moment was inconvenient. Um, sure. And, and, but that's okay because like 
where we need to try to get to in our life is not it's something you said at the beginning of that statement was, you know, I want my daughters to want to come up and ask for forgiveness, right? But the beauty of our father is that, yeah, yeah, he wants us to ask for our forgiveness, but he's already given us forgiveness before we even ask. And so we need to try to also find in our way to do that ourselves. Um, you know, so can we forgive those that have offended us before they even ask for that forgiveness, you know? So I don't know. That just, that's, that speaks to me a lot right there about, you know, how we just need to strive to be. Um, I'm very blessed myself that I, I can forgive pretty easily. I don't apologize very easily a lot of the times and my wife hates it, (laughs) but you know, I, I do try to once I once I actually realize I'm wrong and stop being stubborn. But yeah, so so tonight also the distraction that the show I was trying to watch was causing was that I was trying to squeeze as much out of watching the show as I could before I had the next step in my to do list, which was come over here. And what I should have done is got the girls to do their shower time and, and have their quiet time. But what I chose to do was continue to try to watch the show and get frustrated with my children for not listening. I had one child on the laptop watching YouTube videos and like, well, at least she's not bothering me, but she's also not learning. She's learning to, following the steps of her father, basically. She's not learning how to be, how to find something outside of uh, video format in order to, to entertain herself. She's not finding ways around the house that she can be helpful. You know, we've got, currently in our bedroom, we've got four piles of laundry that probably, that definitely need to be gone through. They're clean clothes that just need to be put up. And the kitchen got a mountain of dishes that just need to be gone through and done. And there's there's always something in the house that, that needs fixing, needs cleaning, needs attention. And really, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we never should have time to sit down and just watch a show. It's probably yeah. the worst thing we can do with our day. Yeah, you're right. But we've normalized it so much. It just It just seems like the reward at the end of a day type thing. Like, like this, I, I get to do this. I deserve to do this. This is for me to do. I've done a good job. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And, and to me, I've gotten rid of the good job part and just focused on the reward. And, and I just, what am I rewarding myself up for waking up? Like, Oh, I woke up. Awesome. Let's watch something. So when, when bedtime came around, instead of having them do their quiet time, I told them that they've been putzing around and dilly-dallying for far too long and that they need to just eat their food and get to bed. And basically like 15 minutes till bedtime. And meanwhile, I'm still trying to watch the show and they're kind of getting distracted, being playing around with each other. Uh, just not 
not focusing on the task at hand. And it gets to the point where it's time for them to go to bed. They finally finish their food. I get them to brush their teeth and, and that that's a whole ordeal. And then I get them to, I, I tell them, okay, look, you, you need to go to bed now. It's time to go to bed, get upstairs, go to bed. I don't want to hear a peep from y'all. Just go to bed. I've got to, I've got to get going and I need y'all to go to sleep. And they went upstairs and I gave it a couple minutes to make sure that I didn't hear them run around and playing or anything like that. And I went upstairs and saw that my oldest was in my youngest room and they were just sort of talking to each other. And I called, called her out of the room and said, Caitlin, come here. I said, get over here, bend over. And I gave her a swat on her behind. And I said, I told you to go to bed. You know to go to bed. And yet you're up here and you're talking to your sister and you're playing around and you were just literally told to go to bed. How could you possibly have forgotten that? But the frustration inside of me slipped into, I mean, if I'm being raw, I guess it slipped into insult mode. Like, like because I'm not grounding myself in scripture, all I've got is the negativity of the world that I watch and that I listen to. And so that that's what's going to come out of me. That's what's going to pour out of my soul is that negativity, that, that the, the negative sayings and thoughts and all that stuff, the insults, you know, whereas to, if instead of spending all that time watching stuff, I was in the word getting edified, then in those moments, that's what would come to my mind. I would, scripture would come flooding to my memory banks and I would, I would have no, no, no thoughts, but thoughts that were derived from the Bible. Instead, I have a messy house, spiritually. Yeah. You know, it's God, God says that, you know, he dwells within us, right? We are a temple that he's in and we keep that house messy and I think that's that's a really good place to bring it to is that it's time for us spiritually to just clean our house. And you know what? We have a God. We have a, a Father who's going to sit there and say, good job. You know, He's not going to ignore us, and He's going to set the example for us to keep our house in order. Sometimes we just put blinders on to the example that we're given by our Heavenly Father. And we just have to be able to forgive ourselves as well for that. Because um, He's already forgiven us. But, yeah. I mean, I, I say let's... I just want to pray right now and then and then kind of wrap this up. Yeah. Um, do you want to lead or do you want me to start? Go for it. Dear God... We come to you with our lives a mess. We come to you not keeping our house, the body you've given us in order. And Lord, we apologize for not spending more time 
in you. But Lord, we know that you've already forgiven us. We know that you're sitting there with your arms wide open to give us that great big bear hug that dads give. That you are ready to accept us for who we are and move us to where you want us to be. And Lord, we just ask that that we open ourselves up to everything that you have to say through the scripture, everything that you have to say to us in our daily walk with you, Lord, and allow us to calm ourselves in those times of strife, to be our light in the darkness, and just guide us in the way that you want us to act. Ditto. I know there's a lot more in there than that, but we can end it there and just say, God, thank you. We love you. We're going to keep working on this body that you call a temple. Yeah. I just don't want to speak fake words just to. I get it. I get it. Sound like I know what's going on and that I've got everything right. And I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get there. Thing is, is none of us have everything right. Most of us have most things wrong. But we can turn to the one that does know everything that's right. And just dwell in him. Yeah. So, All right, guys. Thank you all for listening so much. Um, We look forward to the next one. This was a little bit off script this week from what we intended. But it's what the spirit led. Thank you for listening to Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can catch all of our new episodes. And please leave a review to help other people find our podcast.